Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Sydney. I'm a contributor at the Justice League Universe podcast. You can find me on Twitter at WonderSid. Alrighty. And today on Dawn of Justice Minute, we're talking about minute number 63, which starts with uh, the servers who are watching The Daily Show being scolded out of the kitchen and into the Gala of Antiquities. And then it ends with Bruce Wayne sneaking up on Diana Prince. (laughs) Diana! Uh, Now, this is a gala that I can get into about the Mm. ancient relics and stuff. Sold. You know, sign me up. I'm all about what's going on in this minute. And uh, where is this in real life? So I can I can go to one of these places. <laughs> it's clearly a museum, but I don't know which one. I want to know too. It, I want to go there. I, I I wonder, and we're probably not doing we're probably not doing any justice to this. Mm-hmm. But I want to know if we're passing by some famous stuff that we should be you know catching an eye on or whatnot as we go through this minute. But you know, I just. I, I, I don't know where to start looking with all this stuff, but it's so cool just looking at all this stuff. Yeah. I'm also trying to like look for, I don't know if, again, I don't know if like these are fake sculptures or relics that they made for the film and if they're tied to any comic book property. Um, I don't know if they're real and I'm, and I'm missing that information, but it just looks so cool. Do you know know. what these statues are? That's what I'm saying. I don't. don't. Like there's this big, big old black one. All the way back there that I want to see. Which one? The one to the left. Yeah, this is great podcasting. Yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a white marble statue as well that looks very Greek. Yeah. And also, for a brief moment, um, they walk by a, a display that has a sword and a shield in it. Like behind them? Um, no, in front. Uh, let me see. Oh, there's two. I think there's right two. Right when there he says like something. Like 10 seconds. Yeah, you, you see the, the sword and shield yeah. and then a Greek statue in the background. Um, everything about this is, you know, to, to prop up Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there's, um, cause I get, I guess at this point, Diana, uh, what we've seen in Wonder Woman, like that's her job and people know her as that, as like a a curator. curator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is great. I, that's perfect cover up. I've never, is that a thing in Wonder Woman? Cause I don't think I've ever noticed. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very well versed on Wonder Woman to tell you right or wrong. I, to be honest with you, I kind of am, and I, I've never seen that as like, oh, that's her, that. You know, like Clark Kent is the reporter, and Bruce Wayne She's is a the curator, and her being the like antiqui- antiquities curator. Like, I've never seen that in a Wonder Woman story where that's like her day job. I, I don't know. And I don't think she's ever had this job before in the comics. I couldn't say. Once again, I'm not terribly familiar with it. Um, in the old comics, she was Steve Trevor's secretary. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if the, she has a job, I think, as like a UN ambassador in more modern comics. But mm-hmm. I think these days, I don't know if she has a specific job. I don't know. I think this is great. I think whoever came up with the idea of like, oh, yeah, just make her like a curator of like ancient, you know, history. Oh, like, for sure. What? This is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I love the setting. And now that I'm looking at it, like a lot of these glass cases in this gala, um, they all have sword and shields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, is there like an event that they're talking about? Like, oh, this is, you know, we're, we're, we've pulled all the, all the, uh, 
artifacts from like a great battle that happened years ago and like now we're talking about it or you know this is all the artifacts that we recently uh, uncovered in like a certain part of greece or something that and so there it's just like a huge like uh christening moment yeah um and so yeah there's a lot of sword and shields and greek statues when they walk through oh i guess it's part of the building but i thought they were walking through like uh like a gateway kind of thing that was ancient, but I guess it's just part of the building itself. Wait, what are you talking like, about? Like uh, 28 seconds in. As 28 seconds. 28 seconds. Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was part of another relic and that they were just walking through it. But it's, I guess, it's part of the building itself. No. Um, but, yeah, I know we're, like, skipping back and forth, but it's just there's so much to look for in this minute, and it's so cool. That, you know, the first thing this guy <laughs> says is, I wonder, is that supposed to be because he's kind of mate and Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this. I think that one is probably a really uh, cheeky Wonder <laughs> Woman reference, but yeah. the, all the Greek artifacts, um, I think, are supposed to be um, foreshadowing as well. Because, uh, I mean, everyone, we, we go into this movie knowing that this woman is Diana Prince, but it's conceivable that someone could watch this movie and not necessarily know who she is until later. Yeah. So little hints like this um, seated throughout the movie are pretty cool. Yeah. And I love, I really like Wonder Woman stories that are very like steeped in the Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've always loved that track of Wonder Woman. That's why I really had a lot of fun reading the new 52 run of Wonder Woman with Brian Azzarello as the writer mm-hmm. and just seeing that, that cool mythology just, being so much a part of the story and so like having this wonder woman being like that like i'm all about it mm-hmm. and um so i don't have a name for this guy this scholar who kind of walks with wonder woman i think he's a museum he's, curator he's very yeah. he's very like yo she's here like this is like the best day of my life like <laughs> like he's so like i can't believe this so she must be a slight famous for she may be objects? she may be well known in that field. Possibly, right? Yeah. What do you what does that mean when you're if you're a well-known museum curator? Like No, she's not a museum curator, just she like you said she works with um uh ancient artifacts. She probably appraises them or determines their authenticity. Uh so oh, okay. if you're someone yeah. who works at a museum or if you're a researcher or an archaeologist, you might she might be a consultant. It makes sense that if someone were to bring her, like, you know, all these swords and shields, be like, hey, is this real? She'd look at it and be like, get that out of here. Like, <laughs> or she'd go and be like, be like oh, oh, yeah, yeah I totally. remember this. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. That's that a- she just has that keen of an eye for Hephaestus-grade material. Mm-hmm. That is a cool job to have. That oh, yeah. That's... I mean, you really have to earn a position like that. I mean, obviously it's Wonder Woman, but I'm, I meant like in real life to be that kind of person that goes, "Oh, let me take a look at that." Like, oh, it yeah. seems like it kind of just fits. Like, it's like just if like you have Richard Attenborough, he's one of those type of guys. Who is he? Yeah, <laughs> he's like who like when he gets like fossils or like ancient stuff. Like, he's that guy, kind of guy that's slightly famous enough to be like, "Oh yeah, let's take a look at it," and like goes through it. It's one of those guys. Um, so this uh museum curator he's he kind of guides diana over to this object but while he's saying it he's talking about 
how that this object is perfect in keeping with a king who is a psychopathic killer. Um, <laughs> he says, for me, it's the culminations of 40 years curating. Um, so he's very excited to have this, this item in his, uh, menagerie, menagerie? museum <laughs> collection. Museum. <laughs> collection i don't think it's a menagerie yeah no. it's not a fancy word it's um, just collection <laughs> um but yeah it's this it's this uh sword over here uh but i i thought that what he said that it was in keeping with a king with kind of like a psychopathic killer like intent so i wonder if that means anything because well I'm trying to strike some parallels between what he's saying and how the rest of this movie goes well he's talking and about alexander the great um, yeah, mm-hmm. I have some notes here um, about the the Gordian knot. Um, I actually didn't really know much about this um, until I was doing research for this minute. Mm-hmm. But okay, so when he's talking about the sword that cut the Gordian knot, um, so basic story that I pretty much pulled from Wikipedia is that there was an ancient wagon belonging to one Gordius, who was the father of King Midas, and this wagon was tied to a post with a series of tightly entangled knots. An oracle declared that whoever could unravel the impossible knots was destined to rule over all of Asia. And so Alexander the Great was passing through. He wanted to try it out, and after thinking it over for a while, he finally just pulls out his sword and cuts the knots entirely easily. And then Mm -hmm. he went on to conquer a great piece of Asia. So it's a metaphor for solving a complex problem by, I guess, exploiting a loophole or thinking creatively. Yeah. Absolutely. So who's Alexander in this situation? That's the question. The very same. <laughs> well, he, gives, he refers to him as a psychopathic killer, which is somewhat, I mean, there's a negative connotation there. So I feel like the implication is not that this impossible problem is solved creatively so much as it's brute forced oh yeah for sure and um, it kind of if i can get ahead a, a, a little bit you know later on batman has that line the world only makes sense if you force it to mm-hmm. so i think you can make an argument that he's talking about or not i mean he's not talking about batman but that maybe in this metaphor we're supposed to think of batman as being alexander in this case you so, could. so let me ask you sydney Yes. <laughs> who, what, who or what do you think is the Gordian Knot? And who do you think is Alexander the Great? And what do you think the blade is in regards to this story? The Gordian Knot, well, it's an intractable problem. And I think in this movie, the problem to kind of get ahead of, again is Superman. Like later on, on the, the rooftop scene, sort of way later in the movie, Lex Luthor you know, says this is a problem of good versus evil, a problem of absolute virtue, and a problem of Superman above everything else. So the the problem is is Lex and Batman and really all of humanity trying to, to think of, like, Superman. Like, how do they deal with him? How do they think of him? What's, yeah, what, what's his place? Is he a god? Is he a man? And different characters have different ways of dealing with this. And uh, Lex Luthor wants to discredit him and ultimately destroy him. And same thing, Batman needs to destroy Superman in order to assert some kind of control or feeling of control or power. So 
So what's the blade? What's the blade? What is it? What breaks Superman? Or what is that what we're trying to break? We're trying yeah, to break it's just, here? yeah, it, this, the sword in this metaphor would just be their method of doing it. So, I mean, you could think so of it the, as the kryptonite blade. The media. Later on. Um, no, but it's just their brute the force solution is to destroy Superman. Not to try to unravel him or figure him out, but just to destroy him utterly. Yeah. I guess there's a couple things. I mean, the blade could be kryptonite. It mm-hmm. could be doomsday. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it could be Nairomi. It, it could be the Senate hearing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I like that you guys brought up that you, you went to Batman uh, initially as being Alexander. Um, that'll bring me to what I want to bring about the Cold Gordian Knot story. So in um, Scott Snyder's uh, Zero Year Part 2, I guess, what is it? Dark City? Mm-hmm. Um, volume five. That's the that's like you know that's the zero year of Batman. It's mm-hmm. his first time, and after um, the whole Red Hood incident, it went into the Riddler storyline. Take note, it's the Riddler. Um, oh, I so see. So like it. the end game is pretty much Batman trying to solve the the riddle of the Gordian knot, which. <gasps> I totally uh-huh. forgot about that. Yeah, so like it kind of plays off. I always like to think once I saw the movie, like I remember reading this is I think um yeah, volume volume 5 of the new 52 Batman, I think is probably my favorite just because of this whole aspect with him and the Riddler at the end. And oh. I mean, I always took it as that was the first like big Batman issue that Bruce and Batman ever had to deal with in that continuity of comics. Mm-hmm. And then this movie is the first uh, we see of Batman in this universe. So it kind of plays off to that aspect. But mm-hmm. the whole reason with um, him trying to solve the Gordian knot is, um, Sydney, you said that you could either use uh, figure it out by thinking creatively or brute force. Mm-hmm. I will be the one to argue that I don't think the Gordian knot could ever be cut using anything other than brute force. I think the whole idea of trying to think creatively to unsolve it, mm-hmm. and this probably plays towards my cynicism, but I think that that's <laughs> always going to fail because right. there's always going to be a part of that knot that's going to get tangled up even when you try to do another knot. The other, <laughs> when they say thinking creatively, in other stories, he doesn't cut it. Instead, he pulls the linchpin out of the ox cart. Yeah, and right. it does, and that's that's so. Like thinking. you're finding another way around the problem, but yeah. once yeah. you find that other way around the problem, it causes a whole other side of dealings with it. So, yeah. like, there is no easy way out of it. Right. So well, the only any, way to cut the knot is with brute force. Yeah. Well, in any version, that's the thing. You're you're basically exploiting a loophole. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, no matter what version of the story you tell, Alexander was not solving the problem the way that. People yeah. expected you would be able to solve the problem. So um, let me ask you, Nate. Yeah. What is the Gordian knot to you? And what is the blade? And what is Alexander the Great in this film? The Gordian knot is the public view of Superman mm-hmm. and metahumans. So Superman and metahumans are still the Gordian knot to is you. Is still the Gordian knot to me. Do you think Alexander the Great is Batman? Mm. No. It could be argued multiple different ways, but it, it yeah. is kind of obvious. I mean, Alexander Luther, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, like you, I wanted to stay away from connection. the obvious. <laughs> I wanted to try to say, because we've talked about Diana being the hero in this movie. I want to say that she could Diana? be. Yeah. That she Not could Lois somehow Lane? find. I don't know. 
really think Diana's would... the hero. I mean, she does heroic things, but she's not. I think she's the hero. she's. I think she's just as lost as the other ones. I feel like she had a more bigger play to to what Batman decided to try to bring everybody together at the end of the movie. So now I think she's the hero that brings them all together. Yeah, I think the Gordian knot is Lex Luthor's plan. I sure. think that's the intractable knot that you can't figure out how to untie. Yeah. Um, I think the blade <laughs> is Martha. I th- that's my theory. Because it's like, out of all the things that Lex Luthor's been planning, you're telling me that... And I, I love the the Martha thing. I, I do. I, th- I think it's great. And that's why it works so well. Is because, yes, of course, something so profound, like no one saw that connection no mm-hmm. one thought that you know them having the, the same mother's name would like cause such a connection true that it would break Lex Luthor's plan something so yeah I guess it's profound like yeah like, that's it that's what's gonna like tear this whole plan apart and is the fact that they have they both the mothers have the same name like yeah to me that's like the blade that cut the Gordian knot in I zero think- year at the end um, when Batman was solving the Riddler's riddle for the Gordian knot, like mm-hmm. he said that the answer was the blade and Riddler was like, no, it's not the right answer. Yada, yada. And Batman's <laughs> like, no, it is the right answer. He, he cut the Gordian knot with the blade, but Batman quote unquote, cutting the knot is him literally stepping through these lasers on this, uh, maze that he has, whatever. And just punching Riddler in the face, just like straight up beelining it to him be like, you know, he walked, he got up to the knot took the blade out and cut the damn thing. Like it's <laughs> just straight to the point. So he got to the point. And I think that Martha is, is that like you're getting straight to the point. What does Lex Luthor say? The straightest path to whatever is, you know, oh. a special lady in the heart, you know, before he pushed Lois off or whatever. Straightest way to Superman is the road uh, called Lois. Lane. Yeah. That one. <clears throat> so it's like, you're going, you're getting straight to the point. But I think, yeah, I think that's just something that he didn't see in his whole intricate plan was something like that that would uncouple everything. And I think that to me is, but, you know, it's just my theory. Oh, and I like it. I see what you're talking about. I think the Martha moment in the metaphor would be the sword, but not for Luther's plan. Um, That more has to do with um, Clark and Bruce. I mean, the, the problem that Clark faces is... Batman and you know he has Mm -hmm. this whole impression of who Batman is that changes later on Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why you know during the 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 fight he he tries to talk to him and he tries to reach out to him because he realizes that his perception of who Batman was was completely wrong and um, so that's the problem of Batman then would be the Gordian knot I think in that situation I see it I see all of them. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it works. I mean, it's supposed to. That's what the whole point of the Gordian Knot tale is. Like, it's. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been until now that I've started thinking about. Because at first I was just like, "Oh, this guy thinks he's so cool. He found this sword that's not real, and you know, it's just Diana being kind of cool, like incognito of like regular people." And then Bruce Wayne shows up, and it's just cool, right? Like, cool, cool, right. cool. Like, yeah. I'm enjoying this. I'm. I love comic books. Like, I'm having a great time. But now I'm like. Wait a minute. This Gordian not means something. Oh yeah, like, for this, sure. Like like this is a story, this is a plot device. Like yeah. not 
I really liked it because I had read The Dark City before, and when they brought that up, I was like, oh, man, I know what that is. <laughs> like that, like, and I knew it from the Batman and Riddler story. It's funny that the Riddler thought to do the thing with the whole Gordian knot and then, you know, you know all the backlash this, this of Luther. Alexander Luthor being Riddler type. And I wonder if subconsciously on some levels it's kind of fitting into those parameters. Uh, the Gordian knot is a story that pops up in pop culture a lot. I never really noticed how much until I started looking into it. Um, yeah. So it's it's not. I mean, it's not just a Batman thing, obviously. But oh yeah, sure. Oh, uh, this reminds me. I gotta go back and reread Scott Snyder's run. That got me back into comics in a big way. Yeah, <laughs> so for real. I love like, that run. Yeah, I'm and, right there with you. And likewise, the you know Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah, me. that was the first Wonder Woman story I read. Actually, I. I bought all of them. I bought mm-hmm. every single one because the story was just so good. And like I said, the whole Greek mythology thing is it's so captivating. It's true. Um, I got two action figures of that Zero Year Oh, that Year Zero Batman. Year Batman? Yeah. So good. Two the, of them. The short sleeves motorcycle. And the regular one. And with the, the crossbow or whatever he yeah. has. That's, or is that a bow and arrow? I no, he's got, he's that's got a bow. bow. But I think on in the toy, it's just a crossbow attached to his backpack. <laughs> and he can't take it off. If you're listening, and if you haven't read the new 52 Batman or Wonder Woman... Do it now! Go, go buy those. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to do with Superman, just Wonder yeah, Woman whatever your qualms were with the new 52, just sweep them under the damn mat. Or read Superman Wonder Woman. That's a, but um, I guess we're not talking about Superman Wonder Woman. We're going to be talking about some... Yeah, what ba- are you talking about? Batman and Diana. What are you, oh, come yeah. on, man. Well, I meant a new Bruce 50- and Diana. Bruce and Diana. Bruce and Diana forever. No, it's Batman and Diana. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I when I was doing notes for this minute or these minutes, I had such a hard time writing Diana because a lot of times I would put pen to paper and almost write G as in like I was gonna write Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait a minute, it's Diana. Diana. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, I have to remember it's, and I think it's, um, I think Gal is starting to be kind of like. Uh, RDJ is with Iron Man where it's like you get you start calling him like oh that, that's Tony Stark that's I hope Robert. so and like that's what it was for me I was like no her character's name is Diana it's not Gal don't write Gal like and that's what it, you know it's starting to be like this thing with me where it's like I just attribute Gal the actress to Wonder Woman like like you just are that character now mm-hmm. which, <laughs> which is terrible for me I need to I don't know well, it's her it's her breakout role for sure yeah um, Bruce Wayne does show up right at the end of this minute briefly and at the end. <laughs> yeah briefly he says that it's a fake and that the real one real one was sold in 98 on the black market because that exists the black market yeah it's right down the road it's right down there there's an address yeah they're uh they're closed on Sundays Duh, it's the day of the Sabbath, Mark. Come on. You think anyone just, I'm going to do it right now. You think anyone just like Google's like, hey, where's the black market? Where yeah. Can I, <laughs> where can I find that? Siri, where can I find the black market? Did it show up for you? Did you actually do it? Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I did oh. not. I, that's, I was do you listening. have an iPhone? Because it would pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, where is the black market? I'm going to get everyone's phones to go off right now. They did that. What was that? That was in a... We did that in Man of Steel Minute. No, did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's good. They did that in, I think, like an episode of South Park. 
Had oh Alexa yeah, everyone thing. had an Alexa, yeah. and like they were doing, it, and it was just yeah. when everybody was that's watching the episode, all everybody's real Alexas were going off. That's, that's just cart- that's fantastic. <laughs> Cartman bought like fifty Alexas and had them all talk to each other. Oh man. Um, <laughs> oh, I just realized it. something funny about this scene. Oh, sorry, uh-huh. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, if it's funny, it's worth interruption. <laughs> okay, so I just realized that Bruce kind of plays himself in this scene. So we were talking about metaphors, right? So the, the mm-hmm. curator comes up to the sword and he calls it a triumph. So if we're going with the metaphor where, you know, Batman is Alexander trying to brute force his solution to the Superman problem. And so curator calls it a triumph. Bruce comes over and says, it's a fake. Mm. <laughs> so hmm. I kind of I was feel thinking like, like he's sort of just... It, I feel like Chris Terrio was pointing out that, yeah, Batman's whole mission in this movie is a bit off. Good call. Wait a minute. <laughs> that, then that might be onto something. If he's gonna be, maybe Batman is Alexander the Great. He just burns himself. <laughs> yeah. Without yeah. realizing it, though, because blinders. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah... What I'm trying to think here. You just sparked something in my brain, Sydney, and I'm trying to hey, put pieces together. <laughs> it's like when you, it's like when they talk about a character and then the character shows up on screen, and it's like that's what it is. It's like the blade that cut the Gordian knot, Alexander the Great, and then Alexander the Great and shows, boom, up. shows up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking, there he is. There's mm-hmm. the person we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then he's so upfront about, oh, it's a fake. Like, just cut to the chase, you know. <laughs> There you go. There's something there, Sydney. Cut right. the knot. I mean, Bruce is talking um, about something, but Chris Terrio is talking about something else completely. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, you guys have any other closing thoughts on uh, this? I know we get plenty more in the next two days, but I just uh, didn't know. I have another one. It might be a stretch. Bear with me. Um, someone a long time ago mentioned something about in this movie kind of observing when people are drinking something. It, okay, mm. if you notice when Diana is... Um, it, it just kind of sparked yeah. something and made me think about this. So Diana, the museum creator, comes up to her and gives her a glass of champagne. And she carries mm-hmm. it with her, but she gets rid of it the first opportunity she can. And so I kind of tried to look back <laughs> at uh, moments where people are given a drink or offered a drink and whether they take it or not. And so you can kind of see it in this movie as people who are seen drinking or who accept a drink are basically being fed bullshit by somebody. So you get it kind of like Senator Finch refuses a drink from Lex in an earlier scene. Um, Diana doesn't drink from the glass given to her by the museum curator because, you know, kind of showing that, you know, she knows the sword is a fake. She knows that his whole story is made up. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, there's little things earlier. I mean, Bruce is seen drinking heavily in this movie. You know, he's totally does not realize what he's doing. Um, what's some other things? I think it's. A, I think it could be a slight nod, or I, I maybe there's something in it where when someone is drinking like alcohol in this film, it's seen as like a measure of how bad they are or corrupt. Maybe. Maybe. So I think Alfred. Could, Alfred drinks. Alfred drinks during the scene where he says, he's talking, he says, um, maybe you'll find 
a nice metropolis yeah. girl who will make you honest. And then he says, in your dreams, Alfred, take a drink. But earlier, mm -hmm. when Bruce makes him a cup of tea, you do not see him drink it. So he's not, he's not, you know, he's not, um, you know, he thinks that Bruce is on some level doing the wrong thing. He doesn't really agree with his methods. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to drink it. It's like, it's like Senator Finch says, you know, you can, true. you can call, take a jar of piss and call it Granny's peach tea, but it doesn't change what it is. It's just BS. Yeah. I don't even think when you're bringing up the Alfred in the tea drinking scene is when Bruce and Alfred first bring up the white Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And we already know Luke, Bruce is lying somewhat mm -hmm. uh, to some extent at that point. Mm -hmm. And Alfred's not going to so drink it. Right. It could You're be. right. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked the entire movie. I've only checked up to this scene. But for the most part, it seems to line up. It could be completely unintentional, but who knows? You never know. Yeah, and the only time we actually see... I mean, maybe it's just Diana. Like, maybe she can't trust any drink that she gets at a gal. I mean, that not that just like... Yeah, okay, I don't know where this champagne's been. I'll just put it down. Like, maybe it's just, that's just good... People do that. Yeah, some people. I don't know where that drink. You know, don't just hand me a drink at high class events like this I don't with know. a server. I don't know. Have you ever been to like a wedding or anything like that where they come around and like give you hors d'oeuvres and I'm drinks and saying, stuff? Man, I don't. I just I'm just throwing things out there. I'm not, Maybe it's but, to keep her a clear head. Because I yeah, I didn't well, write it down, but I noticed that she just puts the champagne down, and I was like, and I it just kind of came across my mind like I wonder why she did that, but I didn't yeah. really think about it. Could just be a movie thing. It could just be a movie thing. If there's a thematic reason for it, like I said, then it's just, you know, she's not accepting what he's given her, which is yeah. a, a made-up story because she knows the truth. And I like that explanation. And the only time she does drink is, is in Wonder Woman, where she uh, she has like a, you know, little pint of beer with Steve Trevor, and <laughs> that's that was, but, you know, she trusts that guy. You know, so. Well, it's a different right, movie. Cool. Thematically speaking, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this would carry over to that, but I just sort of noticed... In this film, I like the reasoning. I like the explanation. We're sticking with it. Oh yeah, I've always liked seeing Bruce's reflection in this minute, like because I always like oh, trying to glass. figure out where, yeah, where Batman comes from. Like even if you go to like forty seconds, like he's on the other display case next to him, but then he starts walking over, and you see him to the right in the corner, and then the reflection switches over, like he was just standing there waiting for Diana to come over. And um, yeah, you see did he him just so happen to be next to the, the blade that cut the Gordian knot? Like, did he, did he just so happen to be over there near Alexander's blade? Has he been waiting there the entire night for her to just come over there? <laughs> what a stalker. Yeah. And like, <laughs> when he comes up to her, she's not even like, like, she almost knows, like, just like she feels his presence. Like, she knows he's going to be there. Like, I really enjoy thinking that Diana knows so much about Bruce Wayne and he has no idea who she is. Like, that's just great. Like she's been figuring out Bruce Wayne for years now. And I don't know. It's like they're finally meeting. I it's I think she noticed I think she she doesn't notice until like very late that what? he's right behind her. Right? I what do you mean very late? No, I mean I think yeah, I don't, think, I don't think she knew he was there, but her reaction to him suddenly sneaking up on her is very cool and collected. She, She's not phased yeah. by it at all. Exactly. No, I do. Yeah, I totally agree. I didn't know like he was standing there, like what, 40 seconds in? Like, yeah. You can just see him standing there? Mm -hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Good call. I try, you know, got to keep an eye out for Batman. Yeah, man. right? And that's one of the coolest. They did it earlier in the other gala. 
where we we see um him dipping away from Clark Kent and mm-hmm. Clark Kent does the whole like oh my, where did he yeah. go but we as an audience we get to see that happen cuz no, normally they do it to us as well where it's like character turns around Batman's no longer there yeah um and i like that in this film they do it so that you can see the magic kind of happening and so this is the second time it's happened and i enjoy it i love when that you know they do those kind of things where they let you see how Batman is kind of getting getting away with things so that it kind of makes it more believable now. I think, and I don't mean to discredit anything, like because they do it, they do it justice in these movies. But in Nolan's, um, in mm-hmm. the Dark Knight, especially like in the beginning when Gordon is actually in that bank, mm-hmm. and then Batman just shows up there at the, the back, like that's, I love that. It's, it's still just, pretty cool. It's just great. I just no, I'm not, I'm not knocking on that at all. I love that too. I'm just saying sometimes it is kind of cool to see how it happens. Oh yeah, for sure. Cool. Guys, uh, let me just point out, Gal Gadot's, Diana Prince's earrings are on point. Are they? They got the spirals? Yeah, yeah. I like those. Those are cool. Yeah, I like uh, the, um, the, like she's wearing a lot of gold metal. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing, also reminiscent of the Wonder Woman costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just dig it. Her, her wardrobe's on point. It mm-hmm. really is. Anything else for this minute, guys? Nope. And they get this fake sword and hang it up in your house. Okay. <laughs> I got one of I got a uh bought it at a flea market, a replica of that 300 movie Spartan sword. Ooh. It's not that it's not that impressive, but <laughs> it's not. Aww. It's no it's no uh Alexander the Great. Raises a lot of questions when he uh It's got that same style of blade though, that like Spartan um style. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Sorry. Good going. <laughs> Tried not to. <laughs> um, <laughs> all righty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And you can find the rest of our shows like Tarantino Minute and Austin Powers Minute at tooldmedia.com. Don't forget we have a Patreon. And um, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out on the show, and it helps other people find the show. And uh, we also have a Facebook group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you could join us and our other guests and listeners to talk about the minutes at hand. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.